Hello and welcome to Movie Ghoul Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every single week on a five-week schedule. But now, they're spooky. Tonight's theme is Netflix Roulette. Hello, my name is Brett Stewart, and you are joining us for Movie Ghoul Round, the next entry in our week-long marathon during Halloween week 2019. This is the second annual go-around of Movie Ghoul Round, where we pick movies that are spooky and delightfully scary and fun for this time of the year. Joining me on this wonderful evening as we delve into yet another Movie Ghoul Round episode before we have two more coming out tomorrow on the day of Halloween. Nicole Davis, how are you? I'm hanging in there, getting sick, but staving it off and steadfastly refusing to make a deal with a demon to make me better instantly because, well, we all know where that leads. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, And David Luzader, have you made any deals with the devil lately? Uh, But not ones I'm allowed to talk about on this podcast. Mm, All right. All right. We'll get back to that later. We'll wing back around to that. We watched a movie where someone did do a deal with the devil. Uh, but again, Netflix roulette is where we spin a wheel and it spits something out to us, and that's what we watch. We did add the stipulation this time, as we did with You Did This To Us a couple weeks back, where it had to be a horror movie. So the spinner that we use, we can choose a genre, and that allowed us to narrow it down a little bit. So this is the most narrow we've ever gone with Netflix roulette, and it spat out a very interesting movie. But before I introduce it... David, you have a movie that we're going to be watching tomorrow morning as we continue the marathon, a future classic. What is it? Yes, yeah, so we're we're sticking in the movie ghoul round. I don't watch a ton of horror movies, so my pool is fairly limited. But I did see a movie last year that was very tense. Uh, it's more of a thriller, but I think it's going to give you those feelings that you are looking for in a horror movie. And that is 2015's The Invitation. Mm, All righty. Now, this is one Nicole hasn't seen before, and you and I always talk about how she hasn't seen it. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. That is correct. For a second, I thought you were going to go Mandy. I, I I thought you were I prepping can't me take for that a Mandy. Away from Nicole, I, I can't know take we that all we <laughs> we all know Nicole needs to bring that at some point. All right. Well, tomorrow we'll be watching that as we continue and close out Movie Ghoul Round. But today we're watching Rementari, uh, the Blacksmith and the Devil. I'm sure I butchered that. And this came out in 2018. It's a Netflix original, perfect for the roulette. A blacksmith holds a demon in captivity, torturing it as revenge for his troubles. One day, an orphan girl stumbles upon the demon's enclosure and unwittingly releases it. Uh, This is an international film as well, filmed in Spain uh, in the Basque language, which, to my understanding, was like outlawed from popular use like through the 80s and and, like it's relatively recent in the last 40 50 years that you can speak this language openly in in spain that is something that i learned also like you from imdb trivia Uh, (laughs) i i so i don't really i don't know much about that but i do know that uh, apparently and i haven't i haven't done 23 and me or anything so you know how much do i really know about my history but we believe that our family origins are in that region 
uh, and that I, I probably have some Basque in me. Very cool. And if this is what my culture is like, I'm fine where I'm at. I don't need to go digging. There, gonna make sense. Well, that came from that came from uh, Jacob de Luzado, who was my first ancestor over here when they changed his name because he was fleeing the Spanish Inquisition. Ah, you know, nobody Mm. expects that. Exactly. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah. So this I also discovered is. As a result of that, one of the few films in this language, um, not a lot of films in it, which was fascinating in its own right, because for the first solid 30 minutes, I, I realized that it wasn't Spanish. It took me a second to realize it wasn't what I was listening to, because you can watch this dubbed or subbed. I do want to get some of these more technical things out of the way first for listeners that might want to go and check it out on their own as well. Uh, how did everyone watch it? I watched it with I- the subtitles. I also watched it with the Basque audio and the uh, English subtitles. And I think that Basque and, and uh, Spanish seem to share at some level of... They're very similar. Yeah, I heard some words that I definitely knew. Uh, mostly insults. Yeah, they would. They <laughs> probably... Any native Basque speakers probably wouldn't like me saying this, but it's it's basically a dialect. Ooh. Yeah, we just lost our, our Basque listeners. I know, all, all one of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is unlikely, given our numbers. Um, so I don't think there's any Basque listeners listening to us. Uh, yes. Yeah. Maybe Let one. Us Email us. Have the fantasy, please, Brett. Jesus. Come on. Hi, hi at mgrpodcast.com. All right, so in any case, this is uh, low budget. It's 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 on the lower end of a budget, but I will say that it has its moments. I think Um, it's based on a Grimm's fairy tale, so I kind of wanted to delve into that right away. Well, it's based on so Grimm fairy tales are, you know, we know them now as as that, but really they're just like stories that you know that were collected. That many of them were told in its own versions throughout the world. Uh, I believe this, like I think somewhere on this movie it says it's based on basque folklore yeah so I think like there, there was a version of the story that existed in their culture right so the the original story which has actually been touted by some as potentially the oldest uh of european folk tales because mm-hmm. the smith and the devil has had so many different iterations Uh, But the problem with it being that old, and we're talking 6,000 years old, is that um, there was not a word for Smith at that time. So some uh, experts believe it maybe isn't quite that old, but we've also seen variations of it, such as Wayland the Smith um, and Faust, which is a German legend also involving a pact with the devil. So we've seen some variations of this, and David's right, it is really just a culmination at the end of the day when you look at grim fairy tales. But it is a fairy tale um, to some degree, and and it does call itself that in marketing materials. And Nicole asks, you know, if it's a fairy tale... Is it a fairy tale? What are we supposed to learn, right? Because fairy tales have some sort of moral trajectory, I think, right? They have a theme that you're supposed to understand and follow. Yeah, they're usually, they're typically a sort of moral warning to the people you're telling the story to. Right. So. Don't trust don't blacksmiths. <laughs> Is it, no, no, they're it'd more be the, evil than the devil. It would be the other way around. It would be like, hashtag not all blacksmiths. Like, I don't know. He ends up being the 
like spoiler alert for people listening to this podcast, uh, he ends up being a lot better than the townsfolk think he is. Uh, and let's actually backtrack that a little bit. Mm, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Because he, he does, he, somebody though. he does murder someone, <laughs> and then he almost throws a kid into a fire. Yeah, I, but he also saves a kid. Well, he, it's the same kid. <laughs> this is I true. Mean, um, okay, I'm try. I'm grasping at straws here. Yeah, I, I understand that this is the root of Nicole's inquiry. Then is that there's really not an overarching lesson. Like, I really think that it might be that. Like, don't trust blacksmiths because, black, like, <laughs> because, like, a blacksmith motif a lot of the time was associated with like malevolence. You know, they were often at at hell. You know, there's an image in hell of of a smith at the fire with the forge. Like, I think it's just straight up. Of course, they're in league with the devil. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I think that's. Yeah, I have no idea. I think that might just have originated just from the fact that they they work with fire and everybody's like, oh, you know, he works so closely with fire. It must be associated <laughs> with, I don't know. But I mean, it, you know, I just feel like it's so, it's too simple to, for the lesson to be, you know, don't make, de- don't make deals with the devil, you know, but I guess you could or- extrapolate to don't look for don't ever count on the easy way out being as easy as you think. Uh, it could also be like, I mean, it may have been one of those ones that maybe was just a little bit more for entertainment. The story about a guy who's outsmarting a demon or the devil in some way for reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about some of that because so basically to give the listeners some context, cause I really don't expect anyone to want, let's be honest, let's drop the charade that someone's going to go watch this movie. I don't think they are. Um, what happens is he is this blacksmith. He lives out in the woods, creepy house, creepy shack, creepy stuff adorning. It's not all a creepy of his. house. It's a creepy compound. Yeah. I was about to say a yeah. creepy <laughs> compound where it's, you know, creepy stuff is adorning the, the gates to said compound. And, uh, Creepy spikes, creepy bear traps. Mm-hmm. So many bear traps. <laughs> a lot of bear traps, and we'll get into those. And uh, a guy comes to town from the government, and he believes that uh, something is awry with this blacksmith, that this blacksmith has uh, a bunch of gold from leftover in war, and they, they need to reclaim this gold. So this guy starts recruiting town members from the local tavern to you know, join him in this escapade to try and you know, get the gold back from the blacksmith, but all goes awry when, uh, is it, was it Wushu or Hushu or Yushu? What was her name? Usue. Usue. <laughs> so awesome. It's been a week since I saw this movie. Um, okay. I was just, clearly I cannot read and phonetically. Usue is a badass and every, everyone who's ever going to give birth should pray. They have a kid. This <laughs> This yeah, clever and strong and willing to stand up for herself. She doesn't take any crap from anybody. Yeah, well, because everybody is trying to give her crap nonstop. Everybody <laughs> yeah. in this movie hates her for existing. Right? They hate her because she's an orphan. Um, well, she's not just an orphan. She's a she's a bastard orphan. Right. Right. Whose mother committed suicide in this deeply religious community. Right. So all big no-nos, despite the fact that none of that was her doing. Sure. Uh, 
And another big no-no is going in and going into this compound where the blacksmith is chilling and uh, go let out his demon man, which is exactly what she does. He has uh, a demon, not the devil, a demon chained up in a bird cage torture device thing. And it co- it coaxes her to let it free. So now that I've kind of laid the basis for the audience, um, Nicole, you put in our docket that this may be the first time you've seen a demon depicted on screen who wasn't clever enough to trick the people uh, whose souls he was meant to collect. Why would hell stand for it? Well, hell, hell doesn't stand for it because hell comes for him later. Yeah, but it takes them, you know, takes them a while. <laughs> he is presumably captive for a very long time. Well, it's been the the blacksmith made the deal so that he could get home to his wife from the war. And that was they and said the war story, ended three years ago. Right, but this is I I think the I think the movie says that this story takes place eight years after the episode we see of the gold going missing, uh, where the right. blacksmith's about to be executed and he escapes. Right. Oh, and we got to talk about that intro sequence. This is a sequence with hell of a lot of fog machines, and this guy just just supermanning so his way through all these soldiers trying to kill him. Well, yeah, it also has like it also has. Well, first, before we have that intro, we have the whole intro of the premise, which is like demons make deals with people and take their souls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, which like was visually interesting but then you're going to have another introductory sequence immediately after it's like we could have probably lost that first little bit yeah and we never see him make that deal do we no we don't know i feel like that would have been a useful thing to show me well why would you do that when instead you can have you know endlessly long shots of people walking in the woods yeah, you could do that. And that's exactly oh, what it did. The shots in this movie, the the sequences just linger for so long. They do, it, but I will say could have used a stronger hand in editing. But I will say that I do think all things considered, I think the color palette of the film suits it very well. I think that it's not poorly shot. It's maybe not no. superbly edited, but it, it's it's competent. Like I I I struggle to even call it. It's not as bad as what we've seen on Netflix Rootlehead is what I'm getting at. Like there is competency at the core of this film. I do believe it's yeah, it's not terrible. It's got decent ratings around the Internet. It's just boring, mostly. <laughs> and that's the uh, problem, right? Is that it, it's it's supposed to be. If it's a fairy tale, it needs more fantastical elements. If it's a horror, it needs more thrilling, scary elements. And right. it's it's it doesn't it doesn't give you either. Nope, not even a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, really, it doesn't. It didn't really catch my interest. I I wasn't fully engaged until about halfway through, where the the little girl and the demon start having these conversations. Yeah, um, so the demon takes the form of a young boy to try to, you know, coax her to open up this this cage. And I thought that was actually pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool the way they handled that she lets this demon out. Well, it makes it seem like this demon is clever, and then immediately he is not. 
Does, no, he's recaptured like five minutes later. <laughs> by a bear trap. <laughs> You'd think he would learn to watch where he's running, because apparently it's happened to him before. Yeah. And I also want to talk about, so essentially what happens is is Asui, Asue comes into the area and lets it out in the compound. And immediately the blacksmith is wakes up. He was asleep. It becomes privy to this and starts going after this demon, eventually recapturing it after it goes into the bear trap. And then, like, it turns, they try to do the thing where it's like, look, the scary guy that the kids were scared of is actually a heart of gold. But yeah, they but, spend they spend about five minutes bonding over torturing a right, demon. They bond over, this is what, I'm so <laughs> glad, okay, they bond over, like, the childlike innocence and joy of different ways to torture this demon. Who's like in as like, like jabbing him really hard. Yeah, like it's not even like like sure I get it's kind of funny if you're a kid and it's like, look, you roll over a bunch of what what is he that he has to count? Chickpeas. So chickpeas, yeah. apparently he has to count them. If they're on the ground, the demon cannot not count them. He has to count them. And like that's kind of harmless. But then they're just like sitting there like having their jollies while like poking him with a fire poker, and it's just horrible. I've well, ne- I mean, you know, if you've got the freedom to torture any being in the universe, it would be one of the demons of hell, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be okay, basically? If you're gonna, if yeah, you're, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna like torturing one I mean, day. No, <laughs> like I'm not saying. I'm not saying <laughs> we're getting into some really dicey moral territory. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong, but it's just like it's it's a, it is a funny sequence that like. Their their bonding moment is making this creature shriek in pain because it is painful and lasts for well, so very long. Like everything else in this movie, well, I, you can see that Usui starts to regret it after a while. Yeah, yeah. she's like, maybe this is too far. <laughs> that now, uh, I, this I guess this is more pointed at Nicole. But if Brett, if you have any history with this as well, isn't the counting thing typically a vampire thing? I, I think have... the X Files just made that up. <laughs> no, I I think like I've heard that. No, no, that that like isn't that like an old thing where like with where uh, you like leave a broom outside your door because like if a vampire comes by, they have to count it, and that'll distract them until morning. So I believe one, you're right. One broom. Uh, uh, now I do uh, want to uh. say that I, I I googled demon chickpeas under the assumption that if something was going to pop up, this would be it. And all I got was I got a Reddit thread on r slash no stupid questions. Demons being forced to count yeah. chickpeas. Yes, I also looked that. Up. Have any correlations with existing slash older religions, or was it just made up in that single fairy tale? I just watched the movie Aramentari, the blacksmith and the devil. Um, to which everyone responds, <laughs> no. That's not a thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I've i never heard of that, but apparently that's a thing for this movie, and it's a thing to almost comedic degree toward the end of the movie, which I, I want to segment oh. the hell section to a separate part of our discussion, because it's kind of it's a separate gonna, movie. Um, go on way longer than it should. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, let's talk about... Uh, I, actually, first, I want to go back to the dubs and the subs really quickly. Because I watched this dubbed because I did not want to watch the subtitles. I just wasn't in the mood for having the try for this movie. Um, 
it's a it's a two way street. I feel like if they're not going to give me that, they didn't try for me. I'm not going to try for them. <laughs> and but I kept the subtitles on. And what I love is that Nicole alerted me early on to the fact that things might not fully line up. And even amongst you know the subtitles that that you guys read. So we all read the same subtitles, but then the subtitles are so different than the dub, which makes no sense because they could have just used the English subtitles for the dub. And there's so many moments where nothing of what they're saying makes sense in the English dub. It's just borderline nonsense. And I'm totally here for it. Like, I'm trying to find an example of it. I had a couple written down. You're going to hear my folly work here. Yeah, so like, they're doing a lot of stuff, like, for instance, like, when they'd swear, as if, like, not to, like, include a swear in the English dub, they'd just rewrite the entire sentence. So instead of being like, you bastard, it would be like, I like grapes. And that, that's not a real example. But, <laughs> but it would just be, like, an entirely different nonsensical thing. And that happened huh. a lot in particular with the, the guy that owns the tavern, because he's kind of the only one that's kind of rough and tough and, and swears. And, uh, Nicole, what was the ending of this movie? What did it say again? Okay, hold on. This is something that I wrote down where the dub was different from the <laughs> sub, and it was kind of hilarious. Well, 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 okay. well oh, so okay. the dubbing, the dubbing actually makes sense at the very yeah, end. Yeah, the dubbing, I went the, and listened to both. don't. Okay, so the, oh, the thank dubbing God it wasn't me. says, you know, this is the very, very end where you're getting the narrator. The dubbing says... Whether or not you believe me, you should never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Which is fine. That's a that's a way to end a fairy tale. But also, you know, what does that mean? The true story. You don't. You never let the truth get in the way of a good story. You know, tell <sighs> tell it the good way. Tell it the good way, even if it's not entirely true. There's but no- the subtitles <laughs> have the last line as. Whatever you believe, you should get into the pumpkin and out at the square. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I thought I made that up. No. Oh, <laughs> I'm just like into wait, the pumpkin and out what? of the square. And I mean, the only thing I could think is that it's some sort of idiom that they've translated incorrectly. Or I it's, was it a Cinderella I don't know, like a reference? reference to Cinderella? Yeah, get into the pumpkin coach and then get out of the coach at the square. <laughs> oh my it gosh, guys! I okay, so confusing. Nicole. You're right. Yes. It is a Basque idiom. It's not oh. wrong. And ah. do you know how I know this? Because on r slash Basque, someone says, I just watched the movie Aram and Tommy, the Blacksmith <laughs> and the Devil. <laughs> Followed by, yes, this is a Basque idiom to finish fairy tales for children. It's like how, and they lived happily ever after. Um, I what? love that nope. this is just Reddit fodder for people that don't but understand what does this it movie. Mean? It's just like they lived happily ever after. Nobody in this movie is living happily ever after. Yeah, actually, How did no. How get into the pumpkin and out at the square mean they lived happily <laughs> ever after? It makes it makes What's a lot his... of sense. Don't think about it. All right, no, no, here I got, I got uh, it. Here we go. It says... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Get into the pumpkin. Like, get, Go ahead and get into the story, but then get out into real life at the end. It says, it's a pun based on a rhyme. The original Basque oh. is Halabazan, Ezbazan, Sar, Diddle, Diddle. Oh, God, that's really long. Okay. The translation is whether it was or wasn't to get into the pumpkin and come out in the square. Come out in the square, I think. It's like the square of like public opinion. I don't know. I- I'm losing this. I don't um, know. Loses the rhyme. <laughs> 
Uh, this kind of semi-nonsensical wordplay is apparently quite common in Basque oral tradition. So I think the idea is that uh, it's, it's a play, just a fun little thing to say. It's a fun little thing to say, and it's in the square is the original, which alludes to maybe like the commonplace rather than like getting into a square. Uh, sure. Right. I oh, would boy. imagine they meant like the town square and not a literal square. I mean, did they mean a literal pumpkin? Because that doesn't make a lot of sense either. I mean, it seems like it's based on a rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, in, in any case, I, I do probably recommend listening to the, um, to the Basque dialect. Cause I do feel that it, I actually had a worse experience with the dubs, which I know is often the case, but there, I suspect it's different companies did the dubs versus probably. the company. I would imagine the so. There was one point when uh, when the demon curses and he says a number of things, but all it all it shows in the subtitles is that he's saying like the S word. Uh, but I heard some words in there. And I'm like, that's he just he called her a whore. Like that's not yeah, that's close enough to Spanish that I know what right. I, I knew what was said. being said there. <laughs> right, it's not the S word. Yeah, so is the demon any good looking? Like, let's talk about the actual demon. It kind of looks like a dude Guys, in, a, in a suit. Could this, could this demon get it? Let's ask. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I couldn't decide, like, is it a guy? I It's been a week, so I'm, I'm a little muddy already. Is is it a guy in a suit or is it just awful? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's, no, it's a suit. a guy in a suit and makeup, and just the tail is CGI. The and tail the, like, is CGI. That's what it is. First, okay. The first time you see it, it's like, you know what? That actually looks pretty good. The longer yeah. you see it, it is like, oh, and it's bunching. <laughs> yeah, the the bodysuit was not great, but I thought the makeup on the face was excellent. It was, I mean, a, it was go, really good. Yeah, they yeah it go was fine. straight-head, traditional red devil makeup. You know, the horns and the pointy ears and the pointy chin and bright red skin, the whole nine yards. Right. Now he, I'm like, good for you for just going for it. They you did know? go for it. He is a very, and he even like, he gets a pitchfork at some point. That's how he tries to kill the blacksmith when the blacksmith is asleep and he's let out by Asui. Uh, there's a really great point when the when the blacksmith hands him back the pitchfork and you can just tell it is a prop because it is so light there is no weight to this object that he hands him (laughs) it is really funny yeah so let's talk about that because for listeners they may be saying why would he hand him a weapon that's because they team up for a showdown of badassery uh they okay we're gonna gonna double back here so (laughs) Because I feel like I have to explain this because I know the audience is not going to watch this movie. It's like watching a dog turn around in circles before it lies down, watching you go around and around. (laughs) It's because because I feel feel it necessary to explain this movie to the audience so they're not entirely lost. And they go to hell at the end of this movie. And they go to hell because um, Usui Ear... I'm really struggling with her name. She Asue gets brought down to hell and the blacksmith needs to go save her because she he's now her dad. Uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of what the movie wants us to believe. So he then makes no, a- I, well, I mean, he's he's acting as a father to her, but she's the daughter of the, the man her 
mother had an affair with while the de- while the blacksmith oh, was right, right. away. Oh, right, right. I'm sorry. Right. So, so it's it's easier. He's your stepdad, kind of, and uh, kind of. <laughs> so, in any case, he goes down to hell to save her, and because she dies too young and too early, and and it's not her time to go to hell or what? heaven or whatever. No, no, no she she, she dies. Yes, because the people of the village are so awful to her, she would rather go to hell to be with her mother. Than, oh you know, yeah, then it's been a week. To stick around with these chumps, right? She goes to hell to find her mom because she believes her mom's in hell because her mom killed herself, and there are a bunch of religious fanatics that believe that. Okay, I'm caught up now. They go down the hell, then <laughs> blacksmith and demon guy team up. To go down the hell? I don't remember it that well. Yeah, the blacksmith says, look, I'll, I'll, you know, undo your chain and let you take me down there so you won't be in trouble anymore. But we got to go, we, we got to go save the kid. No, I don't think the So I, he basically makes a secondary deal, I think, with the, no, with the, the devil. The demon's like, I don't want to go down there. I'm not, you know, I don't ever want to go back. They hate me there. And he's like, Ah, you owe that girl because she let you out. Ah, that's right. Like, ah, you're right. I feel like all three of us together watching this movie culminates to a single watching of the movie. We each got about thirty three (laughs) percent of the way there. Well, because you guys watched it much earlier than I did, and I just finished this movie today, so it's it's a bit fresher. (laughs) Sure. gist of it yeah i saw it <laughs> right so so long, long story short um the the demon takes the blacksmith down to hell to go retrieve usue and the blacksmith then decides to fight the devil stay to try to free usue's mother who is his previous wife before she killed herself and had an, and didn't have an affair but like saw a different man while he was in war it it's so long. She, this end she of this thought, movie. Yeah, she thought he was dead. Uh, the thing that really gets me about this ending sequence is when they're walking down in the dirty stream of people, and there's all these demons that are poking and prodding them. They stop to show you every demon in detail. Like you, you look at them for a solid thirty seconds. Well, yeah, David, and they spent all that money on that. A- you get a whole new spin on the term ass face. I also thought face <laughs> when I saw him. Yeah. Because he has a face on his ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, so... I mean, humans, that, that sequence, I mean, the gate of hell looks really impressive. This is definitely where most of the money went for the, oh, yes. the siege budget. Definitely. I mean, the gate looks super impressive. The demons look pretty good. And I, it's, you know, it's, it's appropriately sad and oppressive, you know, this line of naked soul, well, not naked, but like in plain shifts or whatever, just waiting to get into hell. Yeah, there's a lot about the sequence that's really great. And I wish like, I wish they had just shown us less, you know, you don't have to focus on every demon, just let us see them through the, the, the the mass of people as they're moving around or, you know, just, it just, it was just these folk, these close-ups and the long shots of people just shambling down and crying out, why me? And it's just kept going. Now this is the second time we've seen 
an instance like this, but last time it was the most redeemable aspect of the entire movie with Gods of Egypt, and we saw all the people and the forsaken souls getting pushed in the hell one by one, um, and the person that's not supposed to be there is there. Uh, so we've seen this theme happen before. Uh, but I do want to talk a little bit about... How dare you bring up Gods of Egypt in this <laughs> Just how dare you? <laughs> but I, I, I do want to talk about the way the blacksmith unveils himself when he is in hell and he has arrived um, by pulling out a giant Liberty Bell and throwing chickpeas everywhere to fool a giant devil man. Yeah, it was something. <laughs> That's all I really have to say. It was something. Oh, it was, it was, a uh, yeah, he, they throw, well, he tries to throw the chickpeas down, but they don't break because the ground is right. sand. And then the, the bell is a holy bell and I guess it kills demons. Well, and it's made out of the gold, gold that had yes. disappeared years ago, which turns out it's a Maltese Falcon kind of thing where he knocks the dark coating off of it and it's solid gold which is why he's struggling to lift the thing although he'd be struggling to lift it no matter what metal it was made out of because <laughs> the size of the dang thing right it does not seem practical but what? it was established earlier that the the sound of the bell hurts the demons could you can you make a a bell like that out of gold that is this the wrong I, podcast to ask that question? I wouldn't think it would ring properly. Gold is a very soft metal. That's what I thought. Right. I feel you like you dented it every it single time. Dent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess my question is that it's such a absurd ending to the movie because he goes down there to free Usui and she's like, oh, yeah, come with me now, father figure. And he says, no, I'm going to stay and find your mom. And then it turns into this like narrator dialogue, the same guy from the beginning that's like get into the pumpkin or whatever. And he starts just talking about how this is a feared human of hell that he goes through to fight the devil. And he's the only dude the devil's scared of. And sure, well, yeah, he's a he's a he's a dude who's so bad. Isn't he kind of stuck there now, though? Like, didn't he kind of well, dig himself in this hole? There, there. Are, I have many questions about the ending. <laughs> uh, Usue is able to come back because she has a body to come back into, right? And Pres and a, and a demon escort, right? Presumably, like that blacksmith's body is going to get buried, or it's going to start rotting soon. <laughs> That's just science. The mom <laughs> has been dead for three years. And either burned up in, no, I guess it was in the Smith. So I guess she's buried somewhere. Like, that's not going to be a pretty picture <laughs> when he brings right. her back. Are we sure it's only been three years since the mother died? Because it was oh, you're right. No, the infant. Right. No, she's like eight now. It's because it's three years since the war ended, which is why my brain keeps going there. But it would okay. be like eight years ago. So she's way decomposed. <laughs> I feel like we're asking the right questions now. I definitely feel like we're asking yeah. the right questions. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting to the crux How of rotting it. are the bodies? <laughs> yes. what we need to <laughs> Yeah, but it's entirely unclear what he means by going and getting the mom. Um, or even if the mom's there. Like, isn't the fact that they believe the mom is in hell re reaffirming the, the crappy people her entire life? They're like, your mom's in hell. Like, what if she's not there? Well, I, but I think think what's 
I think the idea is that he's going to go retrieve her soul and bring it out of hell to, mm-hmm. I don't know, hopefully get her into heaven. Oh, maybe yeah, that's heaven? it. Maybe it's not, no, a, I'm going to bring you back to life thing then. Well, from a theological standpoint, she committed that mortal sin within the, within the lore Hi of this at MGRpodcast.com if you want to get into this with us. Um, well, no, the I'm Catholics say- are pretty strict on that. Yeah, I'm saying from the point of the movie, if she no, committed right. that mortal sin and she like came back and then like died again later, she still would have committed that. Mo- oh man, this is going to places I did not want to go. Okay, <laughs> no, I, let's I talk about I think, something. Yeah, else. I, I, no, I think Nicole's on to a point. I think he's trying to go save his wife's soul. Um, I'm cool with that. That that I feel like that's a better ending to this movie that was not explained to me. So why? But that's what he says he's doing. He does. Yeah. Yes. Oh sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, this is this is. <laughs> I, I just realized, uh, looking over my notes again, that this is sort of the, this is the Dante version of hell. Yeah, 100%. levels, because mm-hmm. when, you know, at, before, when they're on Earth and the, the demon is still in a cage, you know, big twist of the movie, we discover that the government investigator is like a the boss of... Like he's the manager demon, the, manager demon. the demon that's in a cage. He's like a higher level guy and uh, bigger and meaner and nastier. And he tells, uh, I think it's Sartile is yes. the demon in the cage. That's right. Yeah. Um, so he tells Sartile that he's being demoted to boiling the sad in the fifth circle. <laughs> boiling the sad. <laughs> so that's it. Just like, wow, that does sound like a really crap job. So why'd you end up in hell? I was just really sad. And now I'm getting boiled. Oh, they're putting some carrots in here. I'm a stew. Why are you like the robot yeah, from sure Hitchhiker's what... Guide to the Galaxy? I exactly. can't remember what the actual sin is where it's boiling this ad. Something about being ungrateful or... God. Something like that. Sure. Boiling the set is so good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that, and that, that brings me to, to one thing I wanted to talk about. That I there are redeeming parts of this movie to me. Like I, I there are some little tidbits of fun for me in this movie. I didn't hate watching it as much as it sounds like I might have. No, yeah, I think. I mean, I think the actors did a really good job. Yeah, with the material. It's not a they bad have. movie. No, not at all. I don't think it's, I, I think it's, like I said earlier, I think it's competently made, but talking more about the actors, I think the blacksmith does a pretty good job with what he's given. I think uh, his name, uh, scrolling up IMDb, this is good podcasting. Um, Candido Uranga. I yes. Think. I think he does a pretty darn good job. No, I think, I think everyone does. I think uh, the, the person that was playing, that played the demon, Sartael, was. You know, he was committing to that bit 100%. He was playing the, like, it, it was very uh, Doug Jones-esque to me. Like, it reminded me a lot of the fawn from uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Right. And it's a guy with a very similar build. This, yeah. you know, at the near the near the end of the at the very end of the story actually the the demon has come back to Earth to bring Usue back and he 
uh, goes into disguise as a human. And he's this very, you know, very slim young man, um, which Doug Jones is also very slender. And it's because you fit in the suit better that way. <laughs> and the suit the, looks like a normal dimension if it's a skinny person inside. And and when he turns to to run away as a you know lanky human, uh, that is actually the actor, right? Like that that is not just yes. um, someone they hired like they did with the little boy that he was playing. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was pretty darn good. I mean, I thought the kid was great. The kid's a badass, as Nicole has, <laughs> has said. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I don't think they're Lumber the problem Cosmia. with this movie. I think the problem with the movie is that. As David has put in our docket so eloquently, how does an hour and a half movie feel so long? And that's the problem: is that not enough happens? This for this to the the fun of grim yeah. fairy tales is that zany stuff is happening to everybody all the time, and this doesn't have that. Yeah, we we spend a lot of and time. Short. Right, yeah. There's a lot of padding in this movie, and what that ends up being is kind of really enforcing how awful everyone is to to use and how everybody wants this gold it's just it's they're not adding on they're not fleshing anything out it is just emphasizing these very few beats over and over and over again right i think it would have made a very good like like a one hour tv thing you know like an episode of masters of horror or something you could do yeah absolutely yeah it- i Go ahead. No, go ahead, David. Uh, I was just gonna. I, I was gonna read some ex- excerpts from the Rotten Tomatoes reviews, but you go ahead and say what you're gonna say. Oh no, because I'm bringing a whole different discussion topic. No, no, I was just looking at that. Uh, uh, Brad Newsom of Sydney Morning Herald said it's all quite entrancing in a delightfully bonkers way. Uh, one that somebody who thinks who disagrees with us entirely. Uh, says rather than hot pokers and knives this duo uses bells and chickpeas that's right this film is so good that it makes chickpeas scary so much so that you may very well feel sympathy for the devil I will give it enough that you do kind of feel a little sympathy for the demon when they're just torturing it for fun yeah you do so yeah. I'll give it that I'll, I'll give it that I mean my my big question is that I I why aren't there and maybe we answered this because they're so short and they have to be short. Why aren't there more adaptations of these grim fairy tales in cinema? Because that is totally the modern aesthetic of make everything really dark. That is the mentality of Hollywood for the last decade. Um, basically everything post dark night. Let's just take what we know and make it really dark. And that's what the, the grim fairy tales do so well. And I can only think of maybe I count on one hand. Um, the grim fairy tales oh. I've seen in movies. Yeah, like Cinderella and Snow White are adaptations. But I mean, like, the dark ones written as the Grimm brothers wrote them. So, uh, Well, oh. yeah, I mean, Cinderella in the Disney version does, you know, her stepsisters do not cut off their toes or heels right. to fit their feet <laughs> in the shoes. That's right. Yeah, see, I'm talking right. about more like, I mean, there was like the snow white and the huntsman or whatever that kind of was in that realm but wasn't very good there was the actual grim brothers movie that is a thing uh and that's kind of it i can't think of a lot of others it's not great but i like it heath ledger and matt damon it can't be that bad right (laughs) yeah 
so and there's and here's a movie that I have a little bit of a soft spot for. I do think the the stage production is better. The thing that plays with that the most is uh, Into the Woods, which I haven't seen that. It kind of plays in the first act with oh, I'll, you know, it jokes around with some of the darker elements, but uh, mostly is like oh, look, everything's great and has this happy ending, and then the second half of it really is kind of that turn that these fairy tales were all about and i yeah i just wonder why we haven't gotten a lot of them like we haven't gotten the scary uh you know um little red riding hood in the forest you know with the scary you know oh no there there there's at least one horror version of it out there that i know of but like a blockbuster seyfried Oh, you're right. Never mind. They 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 do exist. They're just all bad. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because because we just they're... haven't watched any of them. That's yeah, they're not out there. All right. Because there's one with there's one with Sigourney Weaver and Sam Neill, a version of Snow White. Uh, the tagline was the fairy tale is over. We're gonna watch that at some point, I imagine. Oh, I think I just doomed us. Oh, I need to see that. All right, so maybe my my question is answered for me then. Maybe they do exist. They're just not particularly good movies, and maybe the reason they're not particularly good movies is because they're meant to be short stories. And to to the Grimm Brothers movies' credit, that's probably why it does better with it because it does just jam pack a bunch of them in. So, God, right? Yeah, I mean, I was it was odd watching this movie because it's a little too dark for little kids to watch, particularly with everybody falling into bear traps all the time. Um, (laughs) Guy straight up, straight up goes head first into one. Oh Oh, my God. That was disturbing. At least he went quickly, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little, it's a little too dark for little kids, but it's also a little too simple for adults. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's very little, interestingly developed conflict you know conflict is very straightforward so why do you think netflix wanted to make this then why did they fund this i well isn't it a lot of their movies not necessarily that they made them Uh, yeah that's a good point this might be we bought it yeah yeah we made this movie and no one else wants to distribute it netflix like we can get it cheap and it'll fill out our catalog yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, yeah you're probably another. you're probably 100% right there. And frankly, there's not enough mo- information on this movie that, for us to know one way or the other. No, I tried to do research and I did it, not come nothing. up with a lot. There's nothing about this movie. <laughs> or at least not in English. So, Well, now, uh, hey, maybe, maybe hopefully if anybody's ever Googling this movie in the future, this podcast will come up. It'll be this podcast. Hello. And all those Reddit threads. <laughs> so. Yep. <laughs> There you go. All right. Well, I, I think we've well, talked this movie to death. Is there anything else wait, anyone wants to say wait, about the blacksmith and the devil? Yeah, apparently. There's one there. We didn't talk about this bizarre Catholic concept of the age of reason oh, right. being seven, which is why Usue is able to make a binding deal with a demon oh, and I sign totally her soul away because she that. is just old enough to do it so it's it's that uh, seems a little young to be able to make packs with the devil yeah well, I, mean, I mean in sabrina you have to wait till you're like 16 or something like that no in the in catholic tradition it is 
believed that around age seven is where you start really being aware of what moral right and wrong are and is being able you? to make moral decisions. Yeah, that's when you take uh, First, First communion. communion. Okay. So because that's you're right. able to make this promise that you're going to be a good Catholic. And so you God. take communion for the first time and commit to the church. Uh, I wasn't willingly. sure. I wasn't sure who my favorite power ranger was at seven. I don't know <laughs> if I could have made that kind of commitment. Yeah, it's, it's a bit much, but I mean, I was, I remember just, I was watching the movie and she like tells the, tells the demon that she'll give him her soul if he will take her down to hell to see her mom, mm-hmm. which is incredibly sad. Um, right. I would I'm rather like, be tortured. Wait, is that binding? Me? Yeah. <laughs> is that legally binding? This, how old is this kid? <laughs> this old be, enough. Can, yeah, I guess. I guess. It's just such a weird... I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up because it's such a weird concept and it's it's one of the many reasons I'm no longer a Catholic, but you know, it's just, they don't really push that anymore. That idea that you can, you know, you could potentially sell your soul to the devil. Right. Yeah. Seven or eight. Hey, you know, you're old <laughs> enough to commit to the church and, uh, and make a deal with the devil, but we're not, yeah, don't worry about that last one. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, come just, to CCD class. We'll teach you some more stuff. You eat know? this bread, drink this wine. The, though to my understanding, right. the age of reason is, is more, it's not just like you can commit yourself to the devil. It's that just, you, as you said, Nicole, you're, you're old enough to know, at least they believe you're old enough to know right or wrong to the point where you're now liable for what you right. do. <laughs> and that's yeah, you're why you have to have moral discernment. Right. Well, that's why when you join my religion, when you turn old enough, you will enter the age of Aquarius. Yay. Is that the one where you spend most of your time in a hot tub? Yep. <laughs> All righty guys. Well, let's wrap this down. Uh, Aramantari, the blacksmith and the devil. Did we enjoy it? Was it a little bit too simple? Uh, I do think it was a decent enough movie. Ghoul round pick. Cause it had a little bit of spookiness to it, even if it's very obscure. What do you guys think? If, if you've watched every other horror movie <laughs> on every other <laughs> streaming service and you're just really hard up for content, go for it. I love how your recommendations on all of our bad movies have just turned into if you've watched everything else and you still need something else. <laughs> no, I would never watch the Emoji movie. That never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If you've got a kid who says that they like horror but covers their eyes when really scary stuff happens then maybe this would be a good good call choice yeah i think that's fair it's it's a little too for adults i think yeah i think that's probably fair there's no jump scares the person that falls into a bear trap you don't really it's not as gruesome as one might think it's not pretty yeah but it's it's no saw movie good go to hell yeah, there's only there's only like one bloody sequence in the movie, and it's, yeah, not nah, it doesn't last very Though long. Though I wish we had seen Hell. I think that's my biggest quip is if you're going to drop the time and the money to do that final scene, show me the inside. He gets like twenty they don't feet. Have that kind of money. He gets like yeah. twenty feet, had, and then uh, they only had enough. That's it. That's they're like, no, we ran out. Sorry. Now is the colossal demon man supposed to be the devil, or is that just like? No, he's just another demon. All right, he's just head head honcho demon. Okay. Higher level demon. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, That was my biggest (laughs) issue, is that I wanted more fantastical things from this, and that's not what I got. I wanted something fantastical, 
and interesting about this demon that he had locked away. And I wanted something fun when he went to hell that wasn't just a six minute sequence of him walking 20 feet. And I didn't really get that. And I realized that part of that is a budgetary constraint. But at the same time, I feel like this movie lacks a lot of potential creative vision. They could have done some really fun things. And the seed, the seedlings of it were there. The ambiance created around this compound when the kids stumble upon it early in the movie, when the inspector dude, who turns out to be a demon, goes and visits it as well. Like the ambiance of this compound being this creepy, scary place where this, you know, like scary blacksmith lives. That's cool. But they didn't do anything fun with that. And that's what made me sad is that this is the opportunity to do something really fun and I don't feel like it did anything very fun. So, tomorrow, though, I feel totally different about that movie. The Invitation, right? That's correct. Very good. I do want to also note a couple pieces of feedback we have from listeners. We're trying to catch up on getting our little mailbag on out. Uh, Kyle McDonald uh, wrote in about episode 72. That was Billy Elliot. He said, finished listening to this episode a day ago and was surprised that no one said how similar this movie is to October Sky. Love the shows. Keep up the good work. Now, October Sky, as we recently learned, I have not seen and David is shocked at. That is, I'm, I'm shocked that neither of you. Oh yeah, Nicole seen hasn't it. seen it either. Right. So yeah. that'll, that'll be coming up at some point. Well, and we might want to mention that I'm I'm pretty sure that Kyle McDonald is the Kyle from the Dragon Sexy Robots or Dra- Dragon Sexy Robots and Adventures <laughs> podcast. Right on. Dra- Dragons, Robots, Sexy Adventures. Damn it. Google all those words together, <laughs> and even if the podcast doesn't come up, you'll find something really interesting. Um, yeah, no, right on. Definitely check that out. We've had him on, on Geek Cinema Society. Uh, back in the day. And then also uh, SpideyFan914, so he's a little biased, one might think, uh, wrote in about Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> I think it will be a future classic and is definitely good enough to be. Its challenge and its strength is that it kind of straddle- straddles between several niches to become something hard to identify. Is it an animated film, a superhero film, a black film? Uh, does it cater to the Spider-Man films with uh, Spider-Man fans with uh, encyclopedic knowledge? All those things are true to various extents. So, Totally agree with you, Spidey fan. It's a future classic. Is that what we brought it for? I think it was. Yes. 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 David, you did, correct? Correct. Very good. Well, if you'd like to write into us, there are several ways you can do that. You can write in at hi at mgrpodcast.com, or you can comment on our Facebook or Twitter posts. We will aggregate those together here at the end of the show to read those and respond to them as well. So be sure to do that. Thank you again, Kyle and Spidey. We both, uh, we all appreciate your feedback. David, where can people find you online? People can find me around the internet under the username Davluz, that is D-A-V-L-U-Z, so Twitter and Instagram, you can find me there. You can also find me on the Brokebot Mountain podcast, and by the time this comes out, I am still hopefully plugging along on America's Next Top Podcaster Season 2. Yes, definitely check that out. And Nicole, where can people find you? I take care of our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast. I have a uh, letterboxed account, Nicole underscore Davis, and that's pretty much it at the moment. 
All righty. You can find me on Twitter at I am Brett Stewart. That's going to be everything you could possibly need of what I am doing. You can also find all of these links and so much more where to find the show on Twitter and Facebook. You can search for it, Movie Go Round, but even easier, social.mgrpodcast.com. Go there and you will find all of the links you could ever possibly need. A reminder... Movie Ghoul Round continues tomorrow morning with The Invitation, and then you'll get a final episode on All Hallows' Eve, Halloween evening, tomorrow evening. So there's two episodes coming out tomorrow. Stay tuned. 